I've got the sparse, the sickness, there's the twins in my brain. What a time to be a cycling fan. Everywhere you watch, there are races on screen. From France to Oman, the peloton is preparing themselves for the big targets later this season. Wout van Aert wrote history with his earliest season opener ever. Remco Evenepoel casually demolished the opposition in Portugal. Don't forget, we're only February. And you haven't even talked about the Mudfest in Classica Gen. We can review a lot, but previewing what's happening this week is as important. A lot to talk about. Let's dive right into it. For today's episode, I'm joined by Ethan. Hi, Ethan. How are Hello. you? Hello. It's a pleasure to be back again today. It was a very fun weekend of cycling. I enjoyed it, specifically Saturday. Domestic live was hectic. Very hectic. <laughs> and then the, all the other races tweeting at the same time was quite fun. I heard you had a lot of fun watching Tour of Colombia earlier this week as well. How attractive was that race? And more importantly, how legendary was the lad on the comms? Uh, the race, in my opinion, is it was world tour level, really. Um, the passion on, from the fans, the racing was just nonstop. But yeah, that commentator, poof, I think. <laughs> they, I, what's his, I don't know what his name is, but he works for ESPN. I think, and he just started singing and joined the sprint. I was like, what? <laughs> and then... I, I, think, yeah. I remember watching one stage, uh, the one that Osorio won, if mm. I recall correctly, and that guy on the comms just went loco. It was insane. He was going, nine oh man, nine oh man, nine oh man. We're at the start of a busy racing week once again. Let's dive into the Vuelta o Algarve. Algarve, a one-week stage race in Portugal. The start list, start list isn't confirmed yet, but there are some interesting names on the provisional version, isn't it? Yeah, very interesting. Um, we're all expecting to see the superstars of Wow and Remco there if yeah. they turn up, if Wow turns up. But also, what interests me is the young guns. The young guns have really shined this year. Uh, provisionally, Morgado's there, uh, his yeah. home race. So yeah, well, he's going to be one to watch. Let's dive a bit deeper into the riders participating in the race, uh, starting off with Bora Hansgrohe. Um, the most important names are Dani Martinez and maybe Jordi Meus for the one sprint stage in there. What do you expect from Dani Martinez? It's his first race um, in Bora colors, isn't it? Uh, or was he already in there last year? The, the NFT? Uh, he joined them this season in 2024. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how Dani Martinez will do it within, within Bora Hansgrohe. I think he may be able to podium the GC in this race, in my opinion. The time trial as well, he's not that bad himself at time trial, is he? Let's be honest as well. Um, as well, there's an 8% punchy bit. You should like yeah. that. Um, Sergio Higuita and Maximilian Schachmann had a bit of a shocker season in 2023. Is their time to bounce back um, and they can start immediately in Algarve? There are some punchy stages in there. Do you see some opportunities for Higuita to get close to a stage win? Mm, I, I don't know, you know, because Remco is there, isn't he? And Remco is just going to be a menace let's be honest uh the chances 
EPO said that stage five is going to be one to watch if anyone is to get it apart from Remco, if Remco has a big gap. Yeah, I have to I have to agree. Uh, we saw um, some other fast men on the start list, uh, starting off with Arnold Demar. Um, Herben Tayson is in there as well. Uh, I don't really know. It, I think all the stages are too difficult for Tayson. Even the, the easier one is still pretty difficult with quite a lot of altitude meters. Same story for Demar. Um, but yeah, it's top favorite Wout van Aert for two stages, maybe. Uh, wow, definitely, for sure. Oh, Warren Schild could be one to watch. I yeah. like Warren Schild. Yeah. But um, didn't he crash in uh, Almeria? Um, if I remember correctly, I saw his, uh, his suit was quite... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's oh, hope Ma- he doesn't... Oh, oh Magnus Kohl? How you know X? Yeah, but mm, doesn't it have to be a little bit harder, the the stages? Like, he can get in the break in stage five and get that win, maybe, if the break gets freedom. But in a reduced bench sprint, Martin Scott can't beat Van Aert, I suppose. Uh, he wouldn't be able to beat him, really, would he? Or the out of the four, I think that's the EPO said, the headwind is going to be on there. Yeah. So maybe you could have a shout there. Two stage wins last year from him as well in this race with the points classification. Um, he said as well that he was he's been sick since messages. So yeah, did yeah. want to watch? I wrote them wrote down some attackers attacking minded riders as well. Uh, start over Rui Costa. Um, then we have Ben Healy as well, who had a, a stellar season last year and is yeah has to show it's not a one-year wonder, but probably not. Then Sheffield is back as well. Um, I'm pretty excited to see him. Um, why? Um, if I remember correctly, Josh um, mentioned he would make a shift towards um, being a GC rider. It's a pity, in my opinion, because the guy um, has a lot of is promising in the classics. Um, mm. He he has so much power. Two years ago in Brabant's spell, or was it one year ago? He was so strong. But yeah, like EPO said, attackers attackers don't really get chances in Algarve. Um, but a lot will depend on Evenepoel and his advantage in the general classification. Yeah, it's basically if Remco wants to be a menace, that's what I'm saying. He could, it will be a menace. So. And what about Sepkus? He performed very strong in Chaim today. Does he get a GC chance in Algarve? It depends on Wow, I think, in my opinion. Um, it depends on the time chart as well. That's what I'd say. Kus or Vader? Because Vader was the leader in Tour Down Under. But they will because surely play Vado wasn't in Vado wasn't in particularly good form in Tour Down Under. Yeah, he wasn't, but still they, they try to use him as a leader there. So mm-hmm. the team believes Believe in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Then Ineos, uh, we already talked about Sheffield, but they are putting in a stellar team with Arensman, Pitcock, Jerain Thomas, and then Ghana. 
that team is exceptionally strong, but who is their main leader is the question. Hitchcock, I'd say. It, it's difficult, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's not like hard enough for Gerard Thomas, is it? No, and, and Arisman is, is more of a, a guy who needs a lot of kilometers to, to get his engine a bit warmer. And he maybe needs yeah, some longer climbs. Yeah, it could be Pit. The, Pitcock won a, a mountain bike race uh, on Sunday. So the guy is so talented in everything he does. But I'm curious to see how he will develop as a GC rider because it's his big big ambition. So I wonder what he's going to show us in uh, Algarve. Then even a pool, let's not talk about him um, right now. But then Tau Hagenhardt, his first race within track, little track colors. What do you expect from the Brit? I'm expecting big things, really. I reckon in this race, a podium for him is on the cards. Time trial will be very nice for him as well. If he's able to produce the efforts after that long layoff as well, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he, he recovered from that nasty injury. It's his mm. first it's first racing competition kilometers. So I think it's most importantly import, yeah, important that he gets the right feeling back, the good feeling back, and just get used to riding in a peloton again. Um, his big target is the Tour de France. Um, is he able to get on that podium in Paris or at the end of the Tour? Uh, top five, I'd say, is the threshold. It dep- Little's team is quite good, isn't it, now as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. So he has a bit, he has a lot of domestic help as well there. Yeah. Oh yeah, top five, I'd say. I'm, I'm curious to see how it will develop. Um, last but not least, we have UAE Team Emirates. Um, Isaac Del Toro is added on the provisional list, I just noticed. It's only one hour ago he was added, so that's very interesting. Besides, besides Del Toro, there is Baroncini, who I expect a lot from this season uh, within UAE. And then Mark Hirschi. It's a, a team with a lot of quality, a lot of youngsters again, Del Toro slash Morgado, but not their main leaders being Ayuso, Almeida and Pugacar. It's yeah, they give a lot of chances to their to their young guns early season UAE. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing as well. There's Morgado there, provisionally young Kristen is yeah. I think this is his first race of the year. Another wonder kid out of about twenty few years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's I love Isaac Del Toro and I also love Morgado and I hope Morgado gets his win pretty soon because the guy is so punchy, so good. He was I remember that sprint in the world the junior against Herzog. That was insane. That sprint with that cadence, that's something that will stay in my mind for a long time. Yeah, it was nice to see the figure of a classic as well. He was doing it's attacking, attacking, attacking. The same in Tour Down Under as well. He yeah. just never gives up. And I like yeah. that from a rider. And maybe one more guy. Andreas Lechnesund is back within uh, the Norwegian squad, Unowix. What do you expect from 
Him from Andreas. I'm not really sure to be honest here, but a top ten, I'd say for him. Yeah, for me, for me, he's quite a, an enigma. I don't know if it's a word in English. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. He he started his season in La Marseillaise, finished um, anonymously 40th, then went to Etoile de Bessèche, and his best result is 40 43rd in the second stage. The first stage was cancelled, so. It's not like he has a, a stellar opening few races, but yeah, I don't know what to expect from him. It was a very nice transfer though for Unix. Um Letnison showed he's pretty promising. Um he's a pretty good guy. So yeah, looking curi- curious to see what's uh, how it will go for him. Yeah, especially as well. Unix like to attack always on yeah. the front of the peloton. Yeah, we're going to be seeing a lot of him, I think. That are the most important names that I um, took out of the provisional starting list. Do you have some other names that we have to watch out for? Uh, Young Kristen and Magnus Core. Those are my two picks. I'm picking them too. I remember I, you said in the groups chat and on Discord, uh, Lars Boven as well. Lars Boven as well. Me and Dieter have been impressed by him. He's in some... Very nice form. He's um, in the Figueroa as well. He was in that bunch behind Remco. Yeah, very important. Crazy. And then on Lofty, he was, again, just displaying stuff that he shouldn't be doing, really. Yeah, he had a a very good start of the season. He finished sixth in the second stage in Down Under, third in the fourth stage, and then tenth on Lofty. And then fourth in the in the Figuera Champions Classic. So the guy is only 22 years old. I think Alpesin has a gem in their squad, um, and it's a uh, he's so strong. But in that team, we have the Zwift master Luca Vergalito. That guy, I adore him. I adore Zwift riders. Those guys are monsters. They can produce so much. Uh, what per pot per kilo that ratio is so ratio is so high. I think Algarve is not um, difficult enough for Vergalito. I see him more as a yeah a really tough long climb, but I it's don't a, know him yeah. that good. So it's a bit like the tour down under when he was there. That's what I'd say. Yeah. So yeah. He in the tour down under he started quite. Slowly, but then on Mount Lofty he finished 15th. So, but he already has quite a lot of racing days. He started in Etoile de Bessege as well. So he just uh, wants to race a lot early season, I suppose. That's what you want, though, really. Pick up the kilometers on the bike, yep. hit your fitness, and then go from there. Besides the start list, the parkour ha- has a healthy mix of everything. Sprinters most likely will get their chance on one occasion, maybe two, but I doubt it. And time, tri- time, tri- time trialist, trialist, god damn it, uh, get a chance as well. How tough will this be? How, di- how tough will this one week stage race be? Um, for everyone else, apart from. Remco, let's be honest. 
it's going to be very tough to beat him. I'm, yeah, I keep repeating myself, but yeah, it's impossible to beat him. I think generally. Yeah, he's yeah he's the main favorite by a mile, uh, certainly after his 55k solo in Figueira. But still, he still has he has to do it. There were a couple of nasty stages um, in Algarve, um, but I have to agree he's the main favorite, and others have to come up with something to beat him. I don't know what what or how, but they have to try something. Um, no. The second stage consists of an uphill finish with the Alto de Foya, as earlier mentioned, a 7.5 kilometer climb with an average gradient of 5.9 percent. The, um, there is um, headwind predicted, so it will be difficult for the attackers. It doesn't look too hard neither. 5.9% average isn't sky high. But note that the last 35 kilometers go up and down with several classified climbs and a bonification sprint. Do you expect firework in that stage and will we see some GC action for that bonification sprint close to the finish? Or do you think... Uh, most of the teams will ride quite defensively um, in the second stage. I'd say defensive. They're just going to be waiting for the time trial, aren't they? Let's be honest. All the teams who are not competing for the GC, let's say, they may try something, but the juice bunch up the hill. But if you want to beat Ramco Evenepoel in you have to do some, uh, you'll have to use the stage. I think Ineos will try something on this stage. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, they have Pitcock, who's quite fast at the line as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I hope teams try to do something because if they wait till the time trial, then if the pool is just yeah going to cruise towards the general classification win. So the penultimate stage is one for the strong time trialists. It's only 22Ks, but it's quite lumpy with uphill sections of 8%. The big question is, who's going to win? Evenepoel, Gamma, or maybe Bissiger? Uh, it's Franco territory, personally, especially after his <laughs> effort on Saturday. That's, um, his TT-style effort there was... Oof. But Gamma, Ineos have a lot of guys there. Aaronsman, if it was a bit longer for him, then it would be yeah. good for him. Stefan Kung is provisionally there. Yeah. Visager, he needs to do something this season, I think. Wout van Aert? Pew. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you didn't ow. think about that one. You didn't think about that one. <laughs> Wout against Renko. Ooh. Ooh. I still think Wout would finish behind Ghana. So, then it's That's... Remco, Ghana, Wout for you. Yeah, and then Kung will basically behind. Hmm. Interesting, because like the start list is pretty nice for the time trial. A lot of interesting names. And curious to see how it'll turn out. Will this time trial be deciding for the general classification? Considering the length of it, it's going to be enough to create big enough time gaps, I think. Yeah. And that is like there's no particularly long climb that will create like a two minutes, three minutes, like in Oman, where there's the yeah. Green Mountain coming up. Yeah. On Wednesday. I have to agree. 
Um, the race organizer in Portugal decided to end um, Algarve on a high, a mountaintop finish on Alto de Malhau, a 2.5 kilometers climb with an average gradient of 9.8. That's hella steep, mate. This hella steep. Uh, this could be for Step Stepkos as well. I like them. Mm. Look at that, Stepkos mm. for this. That's sexy. Like, I just the name pops up in my uh, on my screen. Andrea Bajuli for little track. The guy had a stellar autumn classic season um, at the end of 2023. Was very strong. And the stages in Algarve could suit him when he's lucky. Um, yeah, I think so as well. It's all about if he, if he follows the wheel, he'll be perfectly fine. Or if he wants to go on the tack. Yeah. The build-up towards that final climb, um, the Malhau is lumpy again from start to finish. EPO said it might be the most interesting stage um, of the week. Um, some teams will try to go rogue and take the leader's jersey away from Sudal Quickstep. Problem is Sudal Quickstep is bringing provisionally a pretty strong squad with pretty strong, let's say very strong, with Cataneo, Nox, Landa, Seri, Van Heluwe and Vervake. This is almost their Grand Tour squad. Vervake gets in the Grand Tours, Landa, Cataneo. So all those guys are just yeah, there to protect Evenepoel at all costs. It literally is like practice for the Tour de France, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Besides Algarve, Ruta del Sol kicks off as well this week. Um, I watched the provisional start lists and it's going to be mainly Bahrain victories against UAE team Emirates. Buitrago, Pools, Caruso, Haig uh, versus Ayuso, Wellens, Maika and Soler. Do you expect Ayuso to be ready right from the gun? He started today in Jaén as well. Um, dropped Was dropped from the bunch in the, the law and the, in the finale. Do you think he's ready to fight for the Ruta del Sol GC win, GC win right away? It's going to be very difficult with the riders out there. But personally, if I was to choose anyone out there, Butrago. Yeah, he was very strong in what was the race again? Valenciana. Valenciana, yes. Yeah, he was up the. Yeah, what was it called? That really, really deep climb. Behind yeah, yeah, yeah. and Vlasov, he was yeah. very impressive there. If he didn't yeah. get caught out on his radio, he probably could have done something. Yeah. In the Ruta del Sol, Lorenzo Fortunato makes his debut for Astana, Kazakhstan. It's um, his first outing um, in World Tour Colors. What do you expect expect from Fortunato this season? It's not a guy we talked a lot about um, in earlier podcasts. He won um, a mighty stage in the Giro for Eolo Cometa um, two years ago. Do you expect him to break through within Astana and get a stage hunter in the high mountains? Or because his time trial is sorry for the word shit? Uh, stage hunter, in my opinion, that's what I'd go with. So, like going for the KOM jersey in a Tour de France or something? Like yes, that. something along those lines, or just going for breakaway wins. All right. 
Uh, sorry, I lost it. As if two one-week stage races aren't enough, two Dazal Maritime Divar is on the menu as well. One thing I'm interested to see there, how will Padun perform in the colors of Koratek Vinifantini? Why did I pick out Padun? Because that guy might be the weirdest cyclist I know in the current peloton. He has uh, once in a year a crazy exploit that you say that guy is insane. But besides that one performance, he performs literally nothing. So That's what I was going to say you know, as well, because ever since the what, 2021 Tour de France, that guy was in, poof, I don't know how many breakaways, maybe... 10 minimum, you just yeah. always, you could all you'd always see him there, and um, but you've not really heard of him since. No, uh, I heard he I, I read an article last year saying he has trouble with keeping his weight um low enough, mm. um, that is difficult for him to keep that weight as low, so yeah, maybe it's a, a mental thing, of course, he's um Ukrainian. So it's probably not um, easy to be Ukrainian um, at this moment um, for the last couple of years. But like last year, he was strong in Kopje Bartali, um, where Healy won, uh, or Schmidt won, um, apologies, but Healy was very strong as well. And then I remember, uh, which year was it again from Podun, that he went crazy in a time trial uh, Grand Camino uh, 2022. Um, that time trial was 15.8 kilometers long and 208 altitude meters. And just, yeah, the guy won that time trial. That was so weird. I don't know what his odd was um, on the batting sides, but probably quite high. Yeah, as the word you were saying earlier is an enigma. Yeah. It's, uh, well, let's hope he finds his form back uh, in the colors of Koratek Finifantini. Anything you want to add, Ethan, for today's domestic cycling podcast? Uh, Luke Lamberty and Tour of a Man. Oof. That's all I have to say is oof. he has yeah. produced some crazy efforts. And I'm now seeing people tip him for Milan San Remo. Yeah. I th- uh, what about Paul Manier, that guy as well? He is crazy. Ever since Dieter told me about him, I was like, I'm investing in him now. He yeah, looks like, like, like he looks like ago, a kid, doesn't he? Six weeks ago, uh, let's be honest, who was Paul Manier? Mm. I didn't know him. You you really had to be a yeah a strong fan and really had to look into the junior ranks to know who he was. But that guy and the, the what's he produced. And Dieter posted a thread again or a post on on our domestic account. Those watts to get that win um, earlier today uh, on the the 12th of February. That was insane. That guy is crazy, what? and it's it's a compliment to all of Quick Steps recruitment. Really, they've yeah. got it spot on. There were a lot of doubts about the the Suda Quickstep squad that they lost um, a lot of quality, but like we only did 12th of February and Suda Quickstep surprised me massively. Surprised it's, everyone, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice to see. 
it's nice to see as well the classics are going to be interesting to watch for them with those riders they have there. One last thing I want to add is Lotte Kopecki is a climber. She, yeah, how can I compare that? Lotte Kopecki is known as someone who's very strong in the Flemish classics, in the, the Ronde van Vlaanderen, etc. And she said um, at the start of the season, I want to discover myself as a climber. So a climb 10, 15 k's long and see how far I get. In the UAE Tour Women, uh, the penultimate stage there, there was a, an uphill finish. Um, and I think the, the main favorite that day was Gaia Realini. She weighs less than 50 kilos, I assume. And yeah, Kopecky with her yeah composition of her body that's completely different than a climber, just outclimbed everyone. It gave me a little bit of Wout van Aert vibes on Von Tu. It's like was you it, can compare it with that um, performance. Was it on the yeah. head of her feet? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it's in, that's insane. And that's she she says she wants to try and do something in Tour de France Femme. She did pretty well, uh, let's say in 2023, um, only following. Um, got in front of her for the yellow jersey so I'm really curious to see uh, what she will do um, climbing wise this season, it's an important year for her as well with the Olympics um, on the track so yeah, a lot of interesting things already um, in this early season, in those first weeks so yeah let's dive Darkling right into it keeps on coming doesn't it Yeah, it's, it's flying Omloop here isn't Next Sunday. Uh, As yeah. in, yeah, not this one, next one. So, yeah, Ooh, I can't wait. Kuhne Brussel Kuhne is uh, in that weekend as well. Hey, yeah. Flying. And then yeah. only a few more until the Ronda. I'll be uh, roadside at the Ronda at the finish line. I can't wait for that. Oh, that's going to be insane. That's going to be insane, mate. It will be a, a crazy atmosphere. As Pedersen win, we will be there. <laughs> All right, so we know oh, who's. I have who's to talk about that as well. Who your pick is? Mads Pedersen. Yeah. Mads Pedersen, what he did this week. That's one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. What did Mads Pedersen do? Just annihilation. That win he did on the fir- his third win. Oh. He, <laughs> he, uh, he's. Marco was alone, I think. The f- 10 kilometers, and then Mads Pedersen was in the chasing group behind and just clawing, clawing, clawing it back with no help. No one was helping him. It got to like one kilometer to go. Marco Frigo looked like he was going to win, but Mads Pedersen was on the front. It was like a fishing hook, reeling him in, reeling him in, <laughs> and then he just goes boom and beats Axel Zingler in the sprint <laughs> as well. It was I, one of the craziest things. I have to be things. honest. It gave me some uh, Mathieu van der Poel vibes that, in the Amsterdam I, I believe that as well. I was instantly flashback to that. Yeah, doing all the work, crawling the the front guy in and then do such a sprint after such a hard day. Yeah, the guy is in a crazy form, but he's always very strong in those uh, French opening races. The guy, I think his, his base level He's very good the whole season long. 
Like last year, we saw him from the French opening class uh, races in Bessege to the Worlds. He was there. He was so good. So let's hope he can peak at the right moment and uh, be in the mix um, for the win in the Ronde van Vlaanderen or Roubaix. I think he will be happy with one of the two. Uh, if he was to choose one, I'd say you'd choose Rube, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and he could definitely win that easily. Yeah. If he has the luck on his side, then he's a, a strong contender for this what the body Rube win. You need a lot of luck in Barry Rube. Yeah. As That's I know, a... playing pro cycling manager, as always, I can never <laughs> win that race. Barry Rube is horrible. Maybe one last thing. I think it's our third last thing or fourth last thing. Oyer Lascano. Chaen. What did the guy do? He went in the went in attack mode pretty early. And then yeah, just didn't want the, the Peloton to come back and solo towards the win. It's his third professional win, if I recall correctly. And it's it's third time he finishes solo. What about him and Paribe? The peloton was a bit stupid today, let's be honest, wasn't it? Giving him all of that space. You Five see, him up, you see yeah. him up the road and then you're like, they're like, what? But his Paris Bay chances now have gone down like a, <laughs> off a cliff. They're not going to let him go, are they? But Movie Star has been somehow getting everything <laughs> spot on. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> well, I don't think uh, they're making a Netflix series this season, so probably that's why they're doing it right this time. <laughs> yeah, it's they're actually doing things. It's what you like to see. If only Quintana can do it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah they had a pretty strong season with Will Barta taking that um, breakaway win as well, and Arambudo showing some good form early season. Um, yeah. As well, Ivan Romeo as well for movie star. Yeah. Twenty years old, he's yeah. been a guy to watch. Yeah, I have to agree. All right, see you next time for another domestic cycling podcast. A big thank you to our audience for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, consider supporting us on Ko-Fi. Link is in the description. And if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and turn on notifications. We appreciate your support and look forward to. Seeing you next time. Adios. Thank you. I've got the sparse, the sickness. There's the twins in my brain.